What? Now go to go to the book of Joel, chapter one. If you had a Bible like mine, it'd be easier to find by the page number because it's such a small book; it gets sort of hidden there. But hear me this morning. This message is going to be a message of two parts. You're going to get both parts today. But I just tell you that so you don't check out on the first part, okay? We need the first part to get the second part. And so let God help us to hear the word of the Lord. The book of Joel, chapter number 1, starting with verse number 14. The Lord is speaking here through the prophet Joel, and this is what he says, Sanctify ye a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God, and cry unto the Lord. Verse 15, Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Skip down to chapter number 2, verse number 1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. That's a call. The trumpet blowing is a call to gather together. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh. For it is nigh at hand. Skip down to verse number 11. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is strong that executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Verse 12, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your hearts. And with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart, and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God. For He, is it this beautiful? For He is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger, and of great kindness. And repenteth Him of the evil. Who knoweth if He will return and repent? And leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children. You hear the beckoning call of the Lord to his people. He's declaring through the prophet Joel the urgency of the hour. He's trying to get them to see the nearness of the judgment of the Lord. The nearness of the day of the Lord. When you read in scripture the day of the Lord, it speaks of the coming wrath of God where he's shown mercy and mercy and mercy. But he is going to bring about that which he said he would do. And so the children of Israel have been walking after other gods. They've not been serving him with their whole heart. And so he sends Joel to come and he declares to the elders, call a fast, call him a solid. He's trying to shake them the urgency. Get the trumpet in Zion and blow it. 
so that people will hear and gather together. And when they come, declare to them, let them hear, call a solemn assembly, call a fast, call the elders, call the inhabitants of the land, call the children. He's saying, get them together. Who knows if the Lord will turn and repent? What does that mean? Who knows if you fasting and praying and responding to the call of God would cause him to turn and repent from the judgment he would bring? Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, sanctifies to set apart. In this week ahead of fasting, we should be setting ourselves apart. It's not enough to just push away from the table and then go through our normal routines. And our, We still have jobs to do, I understand. I still got to go to work. We still have those things. But what we fill our time with, how we fill all of that time matters. I should separate. That's what it is to sanctify the congregation, to separate unto the Lord. Assemble the elders, gather the children, those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them, Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer. Stay right there. We'll come back in a minute. The beckoning of the Lord to a fast here is with purpose. It's not just something to do to say I did it. It's not just a way to start a year to say I've participated. But I believe with every fiber of my spirit that the Spirit of God is beckoning us and inviting us into this week ahead. I know this because of how He's dealt with me, but I also have witness of this because of how several of you have spoken to me about what you're feeling as we're moving into this. God is inviting us to participate with Him. And throughout His Word, we see the prevalent power of fasting to get the attention of God like nothing else, to bring ourselves into subjection to His will and His Spirit to humble ourselves before Him, to develop a sensitivity to His voice and a willful obedience to His direction. And this comes from a place of prayer and fasting. And we see the judgment of the Lord at hand in this passage of Scripture we're reading here. You can read all of the book of Joel. It's a very short book, only three or four chapters. Maybe that's a good exercise this afternoon when you get home. But you read here and you, you see the appeal of the Lord to His people through the prophet. He's telling them of impending judgment. He's telling them of that which would come. He's telling them of the consequences of actions. He's telling them, but the desire of the Lord is not to do what He's telling them is going to happen. Do you see the mercy and the grace of God in the expression of the prophet Joel? The Lord is telling them, you better fast because 
But the desire of the Lord is that they would respond so that he would turn. He's saying, I'd like you to involve yourself with me. But you're underestimating what can happen when you submit yourselves to prayer and fasting and how it turns my heart and my spirit to work contrary to what I said I would do. You understand the Lord sent Jonah into Nineveh and said, you preach to them that I'm going to destroy them. But the king of Nineveh heard word and he declared a fast throughout Nineveh. He took off his kingly robe and garment, put on sackcloth and ashes, declared to his nation a fast. And a fasting heathen nation caused God to stay his judgment. Read it in the book of Jonah. Jonah got mad. He wanted God to destroy him. God is merciful and gracious and slow to anger. And he's willing to turn. Do you hear the heart of God? We didn't keep reading it, but we were talking about it last week when we spoke of sacrifice in 2 Chronicles 7. We didn't read that far down, but you go to verse 14, very known to many of us. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. I don't know of another way to humble ourselves than fasting. No greater way. It'll make your body weak. It'll make your mind weak. You say, hold on, that doesn't sound good. I'll tell you what it does. It gets you in a posture to where the Spirit of God and the Word of God becomes clear like it's never been clear before. It brings you into a place with Him in fellowship that you will not experience any other way. Moses went to the mountaintop and fasted for 40 days. And we have the first five books of the Scripture. I believe the Lord gave those to him while he was up there on the mountain fasting. He entered into a place with God that few ever enter because of fasting. But there is the beckoning. I want us to go back to verse 12 and 13. The call of the prophet Joel is one to repentance because the day of the Lord is near. If I believe and I do, that the Lord could return soon and very soon. I cannot be content to sit by and say, well, I hope I'm ready. I don't know about all the world around me, but I just sure hope I'm ready. There should be something that the Lord, I, I believe it's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I'd like to invite you. I'm going to judge this world. But my people, my church, has the ability through prayer and fasting and seeking my face to begin to break yokes, to begin to break bonds, to bring deliverance to the captive. Who is he talking about? He's talking about a world that is lost and in darkness, that has no hope. But we, the people of God, if we'll humble ourselves through prayer and fasting, we can affect the spirit world.
that breaks bonds from people's lives and they turn to God in repentance. That's not going to happen by just knocking every door and hoping I talk to everybody. There's not enough time and there's not enough people. We need a supernatural work of the Spirit of God to reach into our valleys, to reach into our region, to reach into our homes, to reach into our workplaces. We need God to move there. And from the Word of God, I have faith and I have a confidence if you and I will humble ourselves, we'll fast and we'll pray. We will hear from heaven and God in a supernatural work will break the bands of darkness about this region like never before. And we will see lives brought to Him that we could never reach otherwise. It's the power of prayer and fasting. I want to participate with Him. I want to participate with Him. These last few days as the Lord's been dealing with us, this isn't just some topic on my heart. I'm sure you recognize it's, it's something in my spirit that I know the Lord is, is doing. And these last few days, I have laid on my face in repentance before God for not participating more than I have. There is a tool given us in the Word of God through fasting. Is it any wonder Paul wrote and said there are those that their God is their belly? They serve God with their outward, but really their God is their belly. He's not just talking about food. He's talking about my earthly appetites, the things I want, the things I desire. That's really who my God is. Oh, out like... You know, in routine and religious tradition, I serve him. I go through those, but out, but inwardly, my God is my belly, the things that I want, that I desire, that please me, that feed me. Verse 12. Remember, two parts. We're in the first part. Don't worry, we're going to shift gears. I want you to check out on me. This first part is why many people don't participate. Because you feel the conviction of the Spirit of God right now. And you feel the weight of it. And that weight of it is like, oh man, that's too heavy. I don't... Uh. But the Lord has to convict us to bring us to a place of repentance. And if we'll repent, we'll participate. I don't just mean this week. You understand. This isn't about trying to motivate anybody to participate this week. I know so many are on board. That's not... We must understand why we are doing what we're doing. We must understand the authority God gives us in the spirit world if we'll humble ourselves and fast and pray and wait on Him. And we must recognize when we go into that place, God responds, God moves. Why does He do it that way? I don't know. I don't know. Why does he ask us to pray? He's God. He could just do everything. Why does he need us to pray? There's something in the heart of God that wants his creation to participate with him. I know I've given the example, but I, I've got to repeat it. Repetition is the mother of all learning, somebody said. 
Christ's disciples were trying to cast out an unclean spirit out of a boy, and they couldn't do it. Jesus showed up, and the, the boy's father comes in desperation to Jesus and says, my son's got the spirit. He casts himself sometime into the fire, all these problems. And your disciples couldn't cast him out. And Jesus says, oh, you have little faith, and brings him, tells the spirit to leave, and the boy's made whole, delivered. Afterward, the disciples say, Jesus, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus responds to them and says, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. What was happening? Jesus was revealing to his disciples, there are some things in the world of the spirit, in the spirit world that need to be broken and dealt with, that you can't deal with with prayer alone and with just going to church on Wednesday or Thursday and Sunday. There are some things to be dealt with in the world in which we live where people need to be set free. And the only way that you'll deal with them and they'll go out is by prayer and fasting. I don't care if you're 12 or if you're 92, God will use you. He'll use you. I remember when I was, let me get back here in a minute. I was just quick into my mind. We got young people in the room. Young people, you can participate and God can and will use you. Don't disqualify yourself based on your age, please. I was... I was six years old. I'd been baptized a little bit before. My sister and I got baptized on the same day. We got baptized in my aunt and uncle's bathroom in their bathtub. I remember it. I can't believe they didn't take any pictures. So I was sort of upset about that. It was precious to me because when we would go back and visit my aunt and uncle all the time, it's, some days I would go. It was a real, the bathroom was real wide and long. It was probably like from here all the way to that wall right there and probably about from the altar here to the back of this first rose wide and long and, and the bathtub was all the way at the end had a little sitting area it was really fancy and this and uh i remember some days i'd go in there and i'd when i'd be visiting them i'd shut the door and my aunt had a little sitting little sitting seat stool thing whatever little cushion thing over here on the wall Sometimes I'd go over and I'd go in that corner and I'd just sit on it as I got older. And I would remember and I'd sit there and I'd thank God. Well, I was six years old and I knew I needed and I wanted to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And uh, our pastor at the time, he made the statement or maybe it, actually it was the visiting evangelist that was preaching. And he said, if you, you have something this week, because it was a week-long revival, he said, if you have something this week you'd like to see God do in your life or someone else's, I would encourage you to set aside a day of fasting. And I was six years old, but I wanted the Holy Ghost. I told my mom, I said, Mom, I'm going to fast. I'd never fasted a day in my life. I didn't know what in the world I was getting into. I just knew, I just knew, I knew, Brother Abel, I wanted to be filled with the Spirit of God. I remember that day. Wouldn't you know it, my aunt and uncle, we lived, we lived with them at the time, my mom and my sister and I. Wouldn't you know it, that night, my aunt, the day I was fasting, my aunt made hot dogs. And when I was a kid, I loved hot dogs. I don't care for them too much now. 
think that's probably why. I had made it all day long. I was six years old. I'd made it all day long. And I wasn't woe is me. I knew why I was fasting. I was trying to express to the Lord. I want your spirit. I want you to know at six years old, I'm serious about this, God. And man, dinner came and I caved. I ate dinner. And I remember thinking at six years old, oh, man. It's something how the adversary will bombard you. You participated with God in something and it didn't quite measure to what you had hoped. And the adversary makes you forget you participated with God. He just looks at where you and gets you to focus on that. Don't do that this week, okay? Choose to participate. And don't let the adversary beat you up, okay? Now, don't just give up and go, oh, well. Persevere, press through some things. There's got to be some pressing through. I had to press through breakfast at six years old. That was hard. I had to press through lunch at six years old. That was hard. That was on a Wednesday. On Friday night, April 1977, the Lord filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Read verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn you even to me with all your heart. This is the cry of the Lord. And this is one of the purposes of this fast. I want to turn to him with all of my heart. And with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Verse 13, rend your heart. And not your garments. Now notice that statement there. That can seem odd maybe. But what the writer is saying is in the Old Testament, when people would go to a fast, it was common that they would rend their garments and then put on sackcloth and ashes. Right? If you, if you read different places, you read about them rending their garments. Right? It was to, to take off their priestly robes or their kingly robes or their, right? It was, it was to show people, hey, I'm fasting. I'm ripping off. Clothe them, clothe themselves with sackcloth and ashes. You can read about it in Esther when Mordecai went on a fast, and so these these different things. And so, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying here: Hey, hey, don't worry about the rending of your heart. The rending that needs to take place is your heart. You need to let me reach in there. You need to be willing to open your heart up. You need to be willing to open that place that you're guarding, that you're not letting me get into. You need to be willing to. Turn to me with all your heart, and then you need to rend your heart. Open it up. Let me get into that place. Turn to the Lord your God. Not out of fear. See, this is sometimes what the adversary does. He keeps us from turning and truly opening and exposing our heart to him because we got this adversary speaking into our mind, deceiving us, saying, you, re you reveal your heart to the Lord. I mean, he knows anyway, but you reveal 
He, but he won't force himself unless you allow him. So he waits for you to say, yes, Lord, here. I want you to reach into this area. I want you to reach into this place where I'm struggling. I want you to reach into this place I haven't let you in. I want you to reach into this family issue. I want you to reach into this relationship issue. I want you to reach into this job thing. I, uh, God, I'm, I'm done hiding behind this or hiding by. I want you to reach into my marriage. I want you to reach into my child, father, child, mother relationship. I want you to reach in, God. Not hiding. I'm opening my heart to you. Reach in there. Rend your heart. But the adversary says, oh, you do that. You're going to get. But see, look what the word says. The Lord is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness. Don't fear turning to the Lord with your failure. Don't fear turning to the Lord with your failure. Bring it to him. He's gracious, merciful, slow to, and he'll reach in. So this beckoning call here through the prophet Joel is one to repentance. He's calling them to repentance. I believe the first day of our fast Tomorrow, whatever your degree of fasting, I would encourage tomorrow to be a day of repentance. Uh, humbling yourself before the Lord. If there's bitterness in your heart, talk to the Lord about it. Bring it to this. If there's resentment in your heart towards someone, something towards God towards your spouse, towards, towards me, your elder. If, if there's resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, lay it on the altar. Lay it on, because to really have to go deeper in a place of fasting, you got to deal with all that first. So let the first day be a day of repentance. Walking through, waiting on God. It should be a prayer of, Lord, you lead me. I don't want to just sort of, Talk through some things and move on, God. I want you to reach into them things. I want you to deal with my heart. If there's something I'm, I'm doing I shouldn't be doing, bring it to the surface, God, and give me grace and I'll repent. I, I want to walk upright before you. Lord, if there's some things I should be doing and I'm not, and I know I should be doing them, I'm humbling myself in repentance and praying for grace to begin walking in them according to your word and your will. Let it be one of poor, it's a rending of our heart. Surrendering of a heart, a pouring out of ourselves. And, and I believe just from what I've heard and felt that some of you have already been in this process because of how God has been dealing with you and dealing with us. And so, but there's got to be an emptying of ourselves, an emptying of ourselves fully and completely. Let the anger go. Let the malice go. Let the unforgiveness go. Let the, and, and that's not, I realize you've got to have God intervene. So ask Him to and do it. Who knows if he'll return and repent? Watch and leave a verse 14 and leave a blessing behind him. Even a meat offering and a drink offering. Now, you read that. We don't have time, so we're not going to do it today. But you read that. Well, man, a blessing behind him and even a meat offering. Drink. Read this. Go study the meat offering and the drink offering that was brought. It was that that was brought of 
beyond the sacrificial offering. And if you read in the first chapter of Joel, they were no, they no longer had meat offerings and drink offerings. They weren't even acceptable to the Lord. So the returning of this is significant. It's a blessing of the Lord. Skip down with me. I, I will say this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Matthew 6, verse 16. Jesus is speaking here, and he makes a very clear statement regarding fasting. He says, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, here's what you're supposed to do. Anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to fast, but unto your Father which is in secret, and your Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. That's from a fast. So we don't go into this fast this week, and day two we go to work. Oh, man, yeah, Yes, I'm faster, man, so you just got to bear with me. I'm a little weak. Huh? Yeah, no, so day three, no, remember, man, I'm fasting. So I said, Jesus said, don't do that. Anoint your head with oil. Now, you can learn from the word of God. You believe that? Sometimes we read over stuff. Anoint your head with oil. Wash your face. That wasn't a spirit, deeply spiritual state. It was spiritual because the Lord Jesus is speaking, but it was applicable. Anoint your head with oil. Wash your face. It'll do something for you. Sometimes we skip over the stuff. Do it. And what we're doing in secret, God's going to reward openly. God's going to reward openly. <laughs> Some of you won't even know what this is. Oh, this just shot. I had a pastor you say, Crisco oil's all you got, just use it. <laughs> Some of you are too young to know what that is, but <laughs> that always comes back to me when I read anoint with oil. But all right. Back to Joel chapter two. And I'm hastening to finish here. We're shifting to part two right now, okay? I didn't want to shift too quickly because we do need what many of us feel is what we need. We need the conviction of the Lord going into this fast. The why we're participating and recognizing God is inviting us. Let day one be repentance. But then don't go back there. Let the rest be Isaiah 58, those reasons that you're bringing to God, the breaking of the yoke, the delivering of the captive, right? Empty yourself out. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Notice the change in tone. Be glad then. Oh, man, that sounds a lot better than all this other stuff we've been reading about. <laughs> rending hearts and rending garments. This is after the fast. This is after the solemn assembly and the humbling of the people 
I'm telling you, we're moving into something. There's some things on the other side. And I need us, the Lord needs us to see some things on the other side. So we'll take heart as we're walking through it. And when he calls us to fasting beyond this week, throughout this year and in our journey, we'll say, yes, Lord, I'll participate. It'll not just be a once a year, every once in a great while, but you call me, I'll participate. I want to see the results that you speak of in your word. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain, and he will come to cause, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts hath eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty. And be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. This is after the fast. The blessing. Remember, remember what we read up there in verse 14 and 15? Who knows that the Lord will turn and repent and will leave a blessing behind him? This is the blessing. A restoration of lost years. We don't have time today. We've talked about it before. He says he will restore to you the years. That tells me that anything taken from me during the years or taken from someone during the years that they were in bondage and captivity, the Lord doesn't just restore and make them whole when he breaks the bond. He restores that which the years was stolen as well. He doesn't say, I will restore you from the lost. He'll restore the years. You got a life that's been in bondage for 15 years. And God delivers them from fasting. It breaks a yoke. God begins to restore in them that which was lost for 15 years. This is what God does. You can read the word. You can dig in. You can search it out. That's exactly what he was declaring there. A restoration of years. Verse 27. You know, we skipped over. Well, we read verse 26. Maybe we should start there again. Read like, nobody even got excited about that verse. And that was following a fast. And you shall eat in plenty. Know what it says? That's something to look forward to after the fast. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And you'll praise the name of the Lord your God. He's dealt wondrously with you. My people will never be ashamed. Verse 27. And... You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. What a privilege to know him. Verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. See, this is all after. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, the beautiful prophecy there that we know started to be fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 because Peter said this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
In the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. But the beauty of this prophecy is by the people of God fasting. The blessing of God and the Spirit of God was not just promised to be poured out on the people of God. He didn't say, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all of Israel. He said, afterward, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. I'm telling you, when you and I give ourselves to prayer and fasting, it causes God to move beyond us. It causes God to do something beyond just you and I. God forbid I go into fasting selfishly. But I see the power of the Word of God. And I see the example through the prophet Joel and the children of Israel. I just hear the Spirit of the Lord saying in my life today, if the people of Selah, the church of Selah will fast and pray and humble themselves, I believe I'd like to pour out my Spirit across all of these valleys. I'd like to break the yoke throughout all of these valleys. I'd like to bring deliverance through all of these valleys. He's no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of place. But if He can find a people that will humble themselves and pray, I'm telling you, we're participating in something with God that's bigger than we are. It's bigger than we are. It reaches beyond us. And what a privilege and what an honor that He would invite you and I to be a part. Please stand with me. It shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons... And if, if nothing else, if nothing else, that line right there, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You know what? I've made the mistake of laying hold on this verse. That's not a mistake. Let me finish the statement. I've made the mistake of laying hold on this verse but missing the fact that it came after fasting. After fasting. I'm a little selfish this way. I want my sons and daughters, daughter, and I want your sons and your daughters to prophesy. I want to see it. I want to see Alyssa and Mariah and Melanie prophesy. I want to see it. I want to see Hannah and Nicholas prophesy. I want to see Trinity and Darius prophesy. I want to see Dallas and I could keep going down the list and Louise. I want to see you prophesy. And I have a promise from the word of God. That our sons and our daughters will prophesy. Comes after a fast. I believe this book. I believe this word to be true. God is not a man that he could lie. This word is true. It is forever settled. It cannot fail. And I'm telling you, I'm going into this fast and I'm saying, Lord, your word said, 
I'm here because your word said. I'm here because your word promised. God, I'm coming to you with your word. I'm not here in some bribe attempt. I'm simply coming in obedience and expectation because of your word. I'm holding you to your word, Lord. I desire to see it. I desire to walk in it. I expect the result of it because your word is true and you cannot lie. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions on your servants and your handmaids. In those days, I will pour out my spirit. There is something promised on the other side of a fasting people. There is something promised on the other side of a repentant, humbled, broken, prayerful, fasting people that moves the hand and the spirit of God to respond Precious people of God, you are not committing to something to check on a calendar that looks neat on a church program, but we are entering into an invitation from the Holy One. We are entering into an invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ that says, if you'll participate with me, I'll do in your world what you could not have thought would have happened in your lifetime. I've racked my head and brain in prayer, asking God, how? How? Wanting the plan and the program for visions He's given me in these valleys. And I've come to realize I'm not going to get a program from Him. But if we'll join with Him, things will break in the supernatural, in the spirit world. I'm telling you, the sick will be healed. The sick will be healed. The dead will be raised to life. The lame will walk. The blind will see. And above all, the lost will be saved. And this is the beckoning cry of the Lord inviting us to participate with Him. Would you find a place of prayer? And today, before you leave, I know so many are committed, but would you, in unity with your brother and sister, commit to participation in the process with God, to see the favor and the blessing and the work of the hand of God according to His Word? Whether your pew or whether this altar, would you find a place of prayer and commitment right now? Let the Lord seal in your heart and your spirit and mind this living Word. Let Him press it deep into our spirit so that as we enter into this week, we pray with conviction. We pray under the leading and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We go in knowing we are not participating as simple men and women, but as children of God, unified in purpose to see the will and the work of God accomplished in our homes, in our families, in our jobs, in our city, in our valleys, and across the face of the earth, wherever He would invite us to participate in prayer and fasting this week. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.